I'm so glad that it's the same name. Yeah, but anyway, you don't forget. Yes. <laughs> My brain. Um, so we are your hosts and we're glad you can join us. And as you just heard, we are actually going to be reviewing The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yes. So uh, we're actually going to have like a very short intro now because the meat of this episode is going to be quite long. Grab tissues. Uh, Really? I'm just saying. Really? I'm just saying. But anyway, before we get started with that, uh, there is going to be a lot of spoilers, so we have to start our banter music now. Do, 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 do. No, different music. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Can you believe it's like October is almost over? Yeah. Well, but we have a few not days. yet. But... I'm like, wow, 2020 is almost coming to an end. Don't jinx it. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> this is true. But your favorite holiday is coming up. Yes, I love Halloween. Me. And what is Halloween without a good ghost story? <laughs> what the hell was that? It was a scary laugh. You know, like Dracula. I want to suck your blood. No. No. No, you want to be terrifying, you just like attach a little red balloon to a drain grate and I will run <laughs> away from you. <laughs> I did that today on our walk. Yeah, no, I didn't appreciate that. Really, <laughs> really. But are, are you done? Yes, we are done. <laughs> With this. Okay. So let's, now that our banter music is over. Yay. Um, seriously, though, if you have not seen The Haunting of Blind Manor, um, be sure to pause us and watch that episode, uh, the series first, because it I think it's a really good series. And then come back and, and listen to us and see if you agree with what we're about to discuss. And I have to mention that we actually binge watched this in two days. And it would have been one uh, because I, I really I think we got to episode four and I was yeah. like, OK, next. And you're like, I need to sleep. And so we didn't. I had to work the next day. Yeah. And I could have started it on a Friday and then we could have stayed up all night. And then Saturday you would have been able to sleep. Yes, but we didn't. But so we could have. You know what? Next time, when when we watch The Haunting on Hill House or whatever that is. Haunting of Hill House. Okay. Haunting really? of no, Hill seriously, House. Really? No, seriously. Like, I'm, I, am, I am putting you down now. You will watch that with me? Yes. Really? I, I already said that earlier. Not yeah. in the recording. Okay, no, but, but see this? This is proof. Ah. Uh, this is me on, on tape. Yes. This is not fake news. Yes. We will add it. We will add it to the list. Yes. You heard it here first. Technically, because she just whispered it a while ago. But anyway. Anyway. Now, <laughs> go ahead and uh, read. Oh, before you read the synopsis. Yes. I thought, really interestingly, that this happened 
1987, or it was set in 1987. Okay. It's the same year that Black Mirror San Junipero. Black Mirror San Junipero Mm -hmm. was set in. So I'm like, ooh, twice in in a row. It's not a coincidence, honey. It's it's just, it was a good year. The 80s, have you noticed there's a lot, and I I know our banter's over, but have you noticed a lot of stuff is is coming back from the 80s? Like a lot of TV series are being placed in the 80s. Oh, my childhood is coming back. And here's the thing. I really think it's simply because we are that age group now where they're like, oh, crap, we've got to keep them happy. <laughs> well, we, you know we what? We really need I to don't, throw them a bone. I do not mind it. Neither do I. So anyway. And yeah. as a quick side note, because we're mentioning the 80s, we lost Eddie Van Halen. Mm. And that was one of the best concerts I had ever seen in my whole life. And you will be horribly, horribly missed in music. So there you go. All right. But anyway, I'm going to now. I figured, you know, it's like... We're having a feels episode here. So here is the synopsis from IMDb because, you know, my wife insists that I apparently read these things and not her. An au pair's tragic death. Oh, after. After her <laughs> It's It's written down for you. Am I supposed... I'm so, I was waiting for you to cut me off and say that I needed to do it in an accent or something. But anyway... You're supposed to do it in an accent. I what? What, what accent am I supposed to do it in? Your British accent. What else? <sighs> There's do you want to do Irish? it in Australian? I mean, might it's gonna work? <laughs> God, I, that was horrible. That was so. <laughs> stick with the British one. After an au pair's tragic death, Henry hires a young American nanny to care for his orphaned niece and nephew who reside at Bly Manor with Chef Owen, groundskeeper Jamie, and housekeeper Mrs. Gross. So, for our reviews, we usually do the good, the bad, the cute. But like I said, since this is like nine episodes in the series, we yep. thought we would do something similar to our review of Winona Earp and focus on the characters. And their overreaching storylines. Yes. So we are going to dive right in with, I'd say, the most terrifying character in the entire series. And that would be Viola Willoughby, the Lady of the Lake. Yeah. She was, you know, at the very beginning, we don't know who she is, but... I think it was uh, episode eight where we really got to know her backstory. Yes. And you know, she's, she's a strong character, strong-willed. Mm-hmm. Very, I don't know. She, she was confident, you know, when she was alive. But then, you know, she, I don't know, she turned cruel to me. See, I can understand why, though. Because she was a woman that wasn't, I mean, let's be honest, they even say at that time, women were not allowed to hold land, women were not allowed to have money. So she did have to marry. She happened to fall in love with the person she married. And then she gets sick. And then she turns around and goes, "Mm -mm, I'm not dying. You are not taking me. And she fights and she survives for five, I think they said five years. Well, she survives a long time when she was supposed to. While she's surviving, her sister is systematically raising her child and stepping in to her life and if you notice it's like the sister had sort of been in the background anyway like the sister was almost jealous as well so that anger i i can see it and i can understand it because when someone comes in and is taking over your life and you physically are deteriorating and are struggling because even towards the later scenes of, of the episode she's struggling she's coughing more she can't catch her breath and she can't dance with her daughter. She can't dance with her husband. 
and you see it mentally and physically, she's deteriorating. I can understand that cruelty because that anger of you're replacing me, you're living the life I should be living. Why is this happening to me? Yeah, but she didn't have to be that cruel to her sister. I mean, you know, it's it's but just is it because she's cruel or is it? Be, I You know, I'm, I'm torn on it because I've seen people when they're very, very sick and they take it out on the ones they love. It doesn't mean they're they're horrible or evil. It just means that they're so lost and they're so just buried in their pain that they can't see beyond it. Mm. Well, so I, eh. I also think that she's afraid to be abandoned, you know, because she is, she is because she has this disease is being left behind. Huh? That's an interesting take. Well, I mean, that's why she was able to, you know, she, she basically said when she was healthy, screw y'all. I'm going to still hold on to Bly Manor. Yes. You know, regardless of whether or not I have a husband. But, and, and then now as she is dying, slowly dying, she's like, no, this disease is not going to take me. And really, it didn't. It was actually her sister who... Had had enough. Had had enough. And killed her. So going, speaking of the sister, let's just go right into... Uh, Perdita Willoughby, I think I'm saying her name correctly. Um, I think so. Anyway, she really, in my opinion, it seemed like she just kind of did follow the leader. Oh, yeah. She she had, she liked being um, part of Viola's life. Yeah. Right? And, and basking in the benefits of that. She didn't have to do the work. She was just riding her sister's coattails. And I don't think she had... At least it didn't feel as if, like looking back, I, I don't think she had the wherewithal to do it. I think that uh, Viola really did handle, even though her husband was very well to do, etc. I think she, with her strength of will and, and everything else, really did run um, the manor and kept things going and kept the money coming in. And I think her sister just knew how to spend it. And her sister just knew how to live in that lifestyle and wanted that lifestyle, but didn't understand what it took to keep it. Right. Because she's, you know, like I said, she was high riding her sister's coattails. She didn't know how to run a household. No. And I think she got in a way her just desserts because, you know, the dresses and everything that were supposed to be for her niece that were, you know, all the jewels, everything that was being locked away. You know, Viola's husband is keeping his his word, which really, when you have nothing else, your word is your bond, mm -hmm. you know, and she just opens the chest and Viola sees her and Viola is sitting there and what they say, she, they wake, she wakes, she walks, she sleeps, she wakes, she walks, she sleeps. Yeah. And so she's living in this constant cycle. And the only thing that keeps her somewhat human is the fact that she's going to see her daughter. her daughter. And then the door opens and who does she see? Her sister. And her sister is holding up this gown of how beautiful it is and how stunning it is. And they could, you know, sell these things or keep them. Who knows? And Viola's like, mm -mm, I've had enough. You killed me. You did this to me. You put me in this trunk. I'm done. Well, did did her sister really put her in that trunk? Her or sister was, killed her. I understand that. So, however, whether it's her... her, It was her willpower, I think. Viola's uh, probably, willpower. Probably, but the point is, she's not in that trunk if her sister does not kill her. Mm. So, right there, that anger and all that cruelty that you see, that jealousy, the rage, everything else that had been building up from her sleeping, walking, whatever, has just been unleashed. Yeah. And then add insult to injury when they finally, when her husband and her daughter finally leave, they chuck the 
the uh, trunk trunk into the lake, and that's that's, that's why she, she is the Lady of the Lake. Yeah. And so, well, superstition. I mean, you have tons of superstitions that I don't understand. Yeah. Well, it's just it was just a very sad, sad turn of events. It's, but it's very real because the fact is life throws you a curveball when you're expecting a fastball and if you don't know how to swing at all different types of speeds and anybody who doesn't understand baseball references i'm sorry (laughs) but it's just one of those things where you're expecting one thing you get another thing and if you can't adapt and grow with it or change with it you'll be left behind yeah and let's be honest we all have our own superstitions Mm -hmm. so and unfortunately that leads us to someone who indirectly became a victim of the lake. Yeah, well... But not by any fault of her own. Yeah, so our next character that we want to talk about is Rebecca Jessel. Oh, God. Right? So she was the first au pair. Yes. And, and she, she was, was amazing with the children. Yes. She she did everything for them. She She's ambitious, Yeah. right? But she's like lower middle class, maybe middle class, trying to make a life for herself. Yep. Right? So... In the 80s when, you know, if anybody who take out what's going on in the world right now, in the 80s, really and truly, you know, same-sex marriage did not exist. Same-sex couples were in hiding. And if you were a woman in any type of work environment, you you really still, there was significant, you know, struggle there. Yes. I mean, the that scene where she was going for the interview for the au pair and there was a stain on her shirt. You know, she co- she covered it. She tried to cover it with her hair, but they but still saw it. They still saw it. And the it. thing is, they they used it like out on her, like it was. Oh, you don't know how to take care of yourself. You have a stain on your shirt. You can't present yourself well. Like women were only there to be presented, right? Which unfortunately still happens, right? But she was able to handle that uh, that interview ra- rather well. Yeah, her wit and her her. Um, I felt that she could think on her feet very quickly. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Until well. You know, she 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 really brought herself up by the bootstraps. Yes, right? she made a choice. She made a choice. Her circumstances were not the greatest, but she was systematically and strategically trying to get to a better place. Yes. So you know, this this au pair job was a um, stopgap. Not a stopgap. It was actually a strategic, a stepping stone. A strategic stepping stone. Okay. So that she can get to where she she wants to go because the traditional path is just not open to her. Yeah. So. And how did that get derailed? Well, you know, she. I. I I'm going to let you see. You know what? I have a problem with that. But that's. We'll just go ahead and go into this character because I absolutely unequivocally emphatically despise this character. Um, We're not finished with. No, we can just go right into it because the two of them together start okay. to finish them. You're 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 blazing right ahead. Oh, I'm okay. blazing right ahead, yeah. So Peter <laughs> Peter <laughs> The Devil with an Angel's face. Oh, he did not. Mm-mm. Look, he he is meant to be like the really good looking character that she falls for and doesn't see the fact that he has yeah. But you know what's An funny? ulterior motive. You know what's funny to me, though, is the, the way he was portrayed. I just, he reminded me of a really bad car salesman mm. from the moment he came on screen. And I didn't know what it was about him. I didn't know, uh, but but the actor was so 
so good. Uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen. Mm-hmm. He was so good that I didn't like him from the second he was on screen. Well, yeah. I mean, because, excellent acting in that regard, but, you know. Because you could tell that he really, you know, there's, there's a... It's not bad to want to be better. What is bad is when you want to win at all costs, no matter who you hurt or who you step on. That, what, that was the difference between Rebecca and him, in my opinion. They, they felt relationship-wise like the yin and the yang. They were both in the same situation. They both had bad families. Or I don't know if she had a bad family. She, I, I but believe, they, were, they were both the help, right? Yeah, they were both the help. But he had a horrible childhood. He had a horrible family. He had all this horrible, like, don't trust anybody. But, you know, he'd been, I think, in jail or something like that. But he had a bad history. Well, from what I gathered, his father abused him physically and his mother abused him emotionally. And mentally, yes. So, yeah, that that will mess with any kid. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not negating his upbringing made him the man he became. But you know what? I I look at Rebecca and I'm like, you know, you still made a choice at a certain point, at a certain point in your life, you make a choice. And his choice was, I'm going to steal from my boss. I'm going to take control and we're going to run away. Right. Yes. So he he made the choice to go a, a certain path. Rebecca made a choice to go a different path. Yep. Unfortunately, their paths crossed but what broke me about rebecca also is that she gave up her integrity in a sense to go with him without i I don't think she gave up her integrity but it it felt out of character okay so i can i can have a, a slight okay so an example from my own past i had always wanted to go to an ivy league school yes when i was in high school that was like that was my dream and I was dating a guy back then who that really didn't want, that was not his, his path, right? He, he wanted to go to college, but he didn't want to go anywhere out of state. And at the time I was in Kentucky. So, you know, I actually changed my goals because I was with him. So... That's why I understand Rebecca's plight. I just the don't point agree is, with it. The point is, right, I understand why she wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt because she did love him. And maybe in his own way, she loved her. She but, loved her? Uh, sorry. <laughs> he loved her. Uh-huh. But again, you know, what is that line in the movie? The pose- possession? There's a fine line between love and possession. And possession, right. Well, let, let's just... Let's just agree to disagree on this one. Okay. Because I I look at him as perpetuating the abusive relationship mm-hmm. and destroying her. No, I agree with that. And because she, I guess, had not been accustomed to being loved because of her childhood and her fighting and her, this, yeah. you know, everything she's been through, that she just grasped the first thing, possibly. I don't know. I, I just for what he did to her um, when he's killed by the lady of the lake. And then, you know, he turns around and tells he her, tricks her. He, he tricks her, but he says, you know, we're going to get out together. We're going to flee together. Mm-hmm. You just have to let me in. And then they try to get across the border and she flies over the border and he's stuck behind. Right. Um, and then he says, you know what? 
I figured it out. I figured out a way. You just have to say the, the three phrases and then we'll figure it out. And then he drowns her and yep. she's in the pocket in her mind in a bedroom in her favorite memory of them. And water starts coming in and she's like, what? Yeah, she's blindsided. And and that to me is, it's just, I, oh, gosh, yes. I hate him so much. I yes. hate that character so much. And And I don't like that character either. And unfortunately, by the time she realized that he had betrayed her, it was too late. Well, you can't, I, I believe it's, you can't fight that back. Like when, when you let the spirit in at that level, when you invite them into you, my understanding of the series is that you, you're only allowed out when they let you out, basically. Yeah, well, I, so I, I'm, I'm just sure. going to, I'm just going to beg that we move on to the next character because I truly, 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 truly despised him. Sure. So Henry yeah, Wingrave. You. You said you truly despise you truly True, despise him him Peter Peter okay just, see now you've got me screwing up all my stuff <laughs> I just want to make sure that we're talking no the I, right I didn't I did not like here. Peter okay and his learning the key to figure out everybody like ugh, I don't like him all right um, Henry Wingrave he is haunted by the devil inside devil inside devil inside every single one of us the devil inside. <laughs> All right. Yes. Okay. Uh, he basically had an affair with his sister-in-law. Yes. Dominique. He, Dominique is his brother. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte is his brother's wife. And they had a daughter, Flora. Um, but the, the, the thing about this character is, you know, I, I didn't understand his deal. Mm-hmm. Right when when we first see him, he's he's just he's just drinking all the time, and I'm like, oh great, he's an alcoholic. Yep. He's a lawyer. He's a functioning alcoholic. He's just doing his thing because he doesn't like his life or whatever. Um, but later on, as his story unfolds, it's because he's trying to forget that he betrayed his brother. That his brother then basically, I, I think they worked together. I don't know if they were lawyers. Yeah, they were. They they had the the. Um, practice together. And he's, you know, the brother Dominic splits, decides to work it out with his wife. I mean, his, his brother literally stands there and goes, Flora's mine. You will never see her. When she has a cough, I will take care of her. Like, yeah. destroys um, Henry in the way that Henry destroyed him. Yeah. And then to find out that the reason they were going on this trip is because they were going away to work on their marriage. Right. And they die there. Yeah. And he just blames himself. Right. And, and that was the night that his devil inside. Oh, my God. Stop. De- Sorry. Stop. Well, you know, I have to do something because that devil that they portrayed in. It was creepy. creepy. Yeah. Very creepy. Yeah. And it's I think that's why I, I can I can follow his line a little better because, you know, when we find out that he's the one calling Bly Manor, just just to hope and pray that, that Flora answers the phone yeah. so we could hear her voice. Um, we know that that's where Flora got her dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things, when you, when you finally see all the tendrils of his story, he's like that tragedy, you know? Yeah. He made bad decisions and he, he paid for it dearly. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I, when we both picked up on the fact that he is having an affair with Charlotte. Yeah, you know, pretty that, quickly. Yeah. So... You know, the, the thing that hit me was like, man, there are so many other people. Why would you want to have an affair with 
your brother's wife, but you know, you fall in love with someone and you can't control that. So I and guess it is what it is. You have to figure it's also like he he's going to suffer too because a he doesn't get to really know anything about Flora until they go away and and uh, his brother and Charlotte go away and die. But then he doesn't even go to Bly Manor. Like he he's afraid of going. Well, there. he was he was banished. Banished. But, but see, the thing is, he was honoring that banishment, even though you know he doesn't have to anymore. Mm. He was allowing. He was punishing himself yeah. for it. And it isn't until he actually just gets a bad gut feeling, rushes to Bly Manor, that the Lady of the Lake almost kills him. Right. And it's like, okay, he has to, at that point, since he's dead, I believe he's a ghost for a little bit. For a little bit, until Owen revives But he him. has to make that choice. Do you go back or do you stay? Mm-hmm. And he made a choice to change and be better. You know, he wanted to go back and Owen revives him. And, and I, I do think there was that choice there. Yeah. At least that's the impression I got. So... That he, he wants to do better. Yeah, and that he had to make a choice, and, and he made one. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Owen... I think he's my favorite character, aside from, you know, the two leads. But he's 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 so adorable. You just like it because he cooked. Of course. <laughs> food! Yeah, I'm a foodie. I, I know you're, you keep saying you're a foodie, dear. Well, I'm just making sure that you know. What, what I loved about him was the openness to love the you know he's home he's taking care of his mother his mother has dementia um and all of that is very hard taking care of your mother who brought you into this world who you love dearly yeah is extremely hard um and to have them forget you is i i can't even fathom that pain so or the relief after she dies. But that guilt of the relief as well. Yeah, because it was that, what was that line that he said? Something about, you know, she was so small in the end, but such a heavy burden. Yeah. And it's just... It's it, true. It, it is. It is. You know, I, I think back to when my grandmother was very, very ill, and I, I love my gra- grandmother dearly, and I would trade a year or two off my life for five minutes with her now. And towards the end it was like she had become a shell of who she was yeah and i mean we're, we're talking a very boisterous woman who by almost she she died barely before 95 and it was just you could see she wasn't herself she didn't want anymore right and that's that was just very very hard and it was such a burden on my mother and it was a burden she willingly took like owen but it still, it hurts your heart. Of course. It, it takes a toll. Yeah. It, it just emotionally really drains you in, in a way. And you could see it in, in the way he portrayed the character that it just, he was a certain way. He was rushing home to his mom, rushing home to his mom. And then when she passed, all of a sudden he was like, oh. And he was trying to find a purpose because he came yeah. back from Paris. Yeah. He, he leaving a career... Granted, he was a sous chef in in Paris. But he still left a career that had a ladder. Right. And he wanted to, and that's how he got to Bly Manor, so that he can hone his skills as a chef there, um, so that he can be close to his mom and can go whenever, you know, she needed him. And that to me was such a great sacrifice. And it's just... Well, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, but he also somewhat said it himself. 
No one ever leaves Bly. Well, that was a double entendre. Very much so. But you always, in life, come back to a certain point of it at some point in your life. Mm. You know, you don't, you don't anticipate it, but you might end up coming back home to take care of a parent. Uh, maybe you come back to a different area to take care of your child. You, there's, at some point, you do go backwards. And you don't want to, you don't mean to, but you just have to. From a sense of duty? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and also some people just go back home because they miss that mental connection, that calm feeling maybe where they used to live, where they have these, because let's be honest, as you age, your memories as as a child go through rose-colored glasses. So Mm -hmm. you might go backwards and it's a very psychological thing. And I'm going to shut up because I really (laughs) shouldn't go that far on a tangent. But I found that to be almost like a triple thing. You know, one, oh, no one ever leaves Bly Manor because something always pulls you back, mainly family. Mm. Or the Lady of the Lake keeps your soul there. Or you come home because you feel safe here. There's there's a mental connection to that place. So, yes. Yeah. Well, for me, he, you know, the fact that he is a chef, he is feeding everybody. So, he's nourishing everybody. So, it, it's like he is the glue that, keeps everybody there he keeps together. their physicality healthy um and and i know he he does uh leave Bly. yeah what's the restaurant he opens the batter place that's the other <laughs> the thing batter that, place yes, yes. That's, that's the other thing that i love about him his dad jokes He's so cute. The batter place. But but he opens it and he honors Mrs. Gross by having her picture um, prominently displayed in the restaurant. But the reason um, I I bring that up is because he nourishes their physical. He keeps them well-fed. He keeps them healthy. But Mrs. Gross, to me, was the mental side. The men, like she would sit and have tea with someone. Uh, she sat with uh, Jamie in the garden and going, how do you feel? Mm. You know, the kids are cleaning, the kids are doing gardening. And she's like, well, I could kind of get used to it. You know, it's a little less work. It's nice to take a break. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Gross seemed to be that, that person everybody talked to and everybody reached out to. Whereas Owen was the one who ever, he fed everyone. He made sure everybody was healthy and had enough energy to run around. And it was, that's why I, I think they would have been an amazing couple and it broke my heart. That yeah. they couldn't be. So, you know, as as far as Mrs. Gross, I got episode five. Yeah. So that was day two of our binge. Yes. I'm I'm glad we didn't end on that episode after watching it, because I, I think you would have wanted to watch six right away. Yeah, because I'd be like, what is going on here? But I, I've told you from, I think, maybe episode, whenever the first episode was, maybe two, I when she saw two, the yeah. crack... In the wall, and then Jamie goes to fix the crack, and it's not there. And I said, she is dead. Yeah, and I kept saying, no, no, she can't be dead. Everybody can see her. She's not, she's barely, like, you don't really see her drinking. Even if she tips it back, it's like, I don't think she's drinking. Right. And um, even when they were around the fire pit, and she's, you know, leaning the wine back, everybody else is drunk, and she doesn't seem to be. It just, there were too many instances where I was like, "Mm, she's dead. And I I kept trying to wrap my brain around it. Like, no, but she's such a great character. Oh, my God. I know. I know. And that's why I I couldn't wrap my brain around it, right? Because she was interacting with everybody else. There's no way that she could be dead. I mean, you know, they... But I guess that, you know, she is haunting Bly Manor because she is... But is she haunting Bly Manor or... 
well, she's she a could, ghost. But yes, but what I'm expressing is Viola used her willpower and basically she was so strong and so powerful that she kept all of the ghosts there with her, right? Yeah. Was Hannah, Mrs. Gross, strong enough and strong-willed enough that literally she dreamed herself, like Peter said, in Miles's body because that little beep, 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 beep killed her. Mm-hmm. God, Peter was so evil. And literally he said... You literally dreamed yourself a new outfit every day. Yes, because for her, right, her strength is in structure and repetition. Yes. Right? So she had her whole life wrapped around Bly Manor and the kids. Yes, so, because her husband decided to run off with another yeah. woman. <laughs> like, really? So, you know, she she was able to continue that on and because in my opinion because she was so mentally her fortitude was just she was just such a strong woman Mm -hmm. she she literally overcame the man she loved leaving her after building a career for herself building a life for herself she stays charlotte says hey stay at bly manor so she stays she makes it her home takes care of these kids she knows Bly Manor in and out. She knows all the secret passages, knows all the stories. She cares about the ground. She cares about everybody there. This is her family. Yeah. And then she does love Owen. Loves yeah. him so much. But, you know, like, she even has a note here, once bitten, twice shy. Once bitten, twice shy, babe. That makes sense. Like, she's so strong and so just, oh, she she's the other side of the glue. Yeah. You know, Owen keeps you physically there. She keeps everything else and the mental there. And I think that knowing that she's gone, it breaks Owen too. And it, it, it oh God, yeah. you, you were crying your eyes out. I was because, you know, she finally, finally accepts, you know what? Yes, I want to go to Paris. Yeah, you know, she was so scared to leave the structure, right? And that's that's one of the things that I could, like really relate to her because I, I just, I live structure, right? I have to go to work. I have to do certain things a certain way throughout the week. And so I could see, you know, that, that piece of me in her. And then to leave all of that structure because someone says, let's go on an adventure. You know, you, it's scary. It's a scary prospect. You already have your your structure, your your schedule. Everything else is set. You know exactly what's going to happen. And then you introduce something new. You don't know what's, what's going to happen. And so when she finally says, yes, I'm ready to take that leap into the unknown, she can't. Into the unknown. Okay, we are going to get sued. Stop it. All right, well... Uh, I'm just going to say that her her death broke my heart and I'm going to go right into the person whose body killed her, Mm. Miles. Yeah. See, just another point for Mrs. Gross, though. You know, whenever... I know we're going to talk about Miles being possessed by Peter, but she always believed that Miles was not... That something else was may- maybe... She had an intuitive connection where she could see that he wasn't being who he was. Right. And that is what led to her death. Right. Right. 
because she still thinks that, you know, Miles is a good kid. Mm-hmm. Deep down he is. He's just being possessed by Peter. An evil dark soul of a character. Yeah. So. But speaking of Miles, I mean, he he seemed to be... Like in, in the movies, like horror film, Scream specifically, there was always somebody that was like, here's the rules of the horror film type thing. Mm. He seemed to be that individual, that character that told you the rules of yeah. of the ghosts and, and what was going on. Especially in boarding school when he was asking, do, go, do you have to give permission for the ghost to inhibit you? Yeah. And you know, they were talking about passages about, um, you know, the evil spirit being cast out by Jesus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that that was an, an odd scene. And then when we saw later episodes, I'm like, oh, that was the point of that scene. Because I thought it was out of place when I first saw it. I don't know about yeah. you. I was kind of like, okay, here's this creepy kid. I mean, I just kept telling you, these kids are creepy. These kids are so creepy. Uh, they, are they, so they are, but it turns out they, they really were trying to protect the people around them. Yeah, I mean, he was trying to protect his sister. Mm-hmm. And seeing her note when the um, classmate who he had beat up opens the note and says, come home. Yeah. And he kept trying to come home and they wouldn't let him. He gets into a fight. Oh, you know, that one priest, I have faith in you. Right. You know, you can stay. I can help you. I don't know what's going on. You've been in a tough situation. Right. He gets to that priest by doing exactly what you know peter indirectly i think i don't know if it was before or after this says which is you gotta find the key you find the key to that person to break them basically to let them in well in the in the timeline that we see it right miles actually says you know i'm trying to find the key i'm just trying to find your key so it has to be before it was before but we saw that later all right well either way you go um you know miles was really He's a victim the whole time through. Yeah. Which is sad. Because he he also looked up to Peter, right? And and again, you know, you, they, Miles did not want to think that Peter was a bad guy, even though he was, Peter was making him do bad things. But also as a young boy, he, his, his father's gone. Yeah. His uncle doesn't come by yeah. anymore. Yeah. Who comes by all the time? You have Owen, who's trying to teach him to be a better person and be that, you know, father figure. Peter was the one going, this is how you do things, kid. And showing him what for better or for worse, I think much worse. But, you know, so, I mean, I can't kind of blame him. Um, And then, you know, when he's evil, he takes on Peter's evil traits like smoking. Yeah. That was just very odd to see. But it was like, oh, God. And then he, you know, says, you know, Hannah... I can't believe you're doing this, blah, 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 blah. And then pushes her down the well. Yeah. And then crack. (laughs) Yeah, the crack sound was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Broken neck. Mm. Broken celery, whatever they use for sound effects. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. (laughs) But moving on to his sister, Flora. Yeah. She sees all of the ghosts. In fact, her dollhouse is where we had met a young boy ghost Mm-hmm. who no longer had a face, who basically um, was moving moving pieces. all the dolls around. So you would always know where the ghosts were, where the people were in the house. And mm-hmm. the Lady of the Lake was always under the dresser, except that one time freaked everybody out, was in the middle of the room sitting up. Right. And I, I actually did not understand the significance of that until much later. And I'm like, oh, my dear God. Yeah, then it made sense. And again, I think it was one of the later episodes where I talk about Viola, because Viola, the Lady of the Lake picked up the little boy who was in her bed and drowned him. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, she doesn't even remember why she goes to the bedroom. Yeah, she doesn't know. that was the, uh, 
ah, ah, Ooh. yeah. Um, but you know, she creates all these talismans because I think it was her mother, Charlotte, who told her, Oh, do you know what this is? It's a talisman and it keeps you safe. Yeah. So that's why, you know, she put them everywhere. Yeah. She was trying to protect the inhabitants of Bly Manor from the Lady of the Lake. Out of every character, I think she was the consummate innocence. Yeah. Although, again, she, it was very creepy until we understood what she was trying to do. Yeah, but still, she's extremely innocent in what's going on. She's extremely innocent into how things go. She's just trying to keep people safe. Yeah. So, and I did love it when she's in the attic and they're playing like hide and seek or whatever, and she looks back at the ghost and just goes, shh. Yeah, it was like, because the ghost what? was trying to trying to sing the, the song of the uh, the music box. Yeah, I just I was laughing because you and I are like, oh my God, this ghost, this ghost, this ghost. And then she just turns around, shh. We're like, oh. Oh, wait, she sees him? She knows? <laughs> yeah. It's and like, she what? knows that it's it's a benign ghost. It's not going to hurt I was you. like, okay, so Flora basically runs this house. I get it. Right. And then, you know, we meet the Lady of the Lake, and I'm like, oh, no, she does not run this house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, Flora really, there's really not much to talk about for her. Her story arc was, was pretty simple, and it's pretty straightforward. Until she is the person who gets married. We find out later she is the individual who gets mm-hmm. married. Jamie. And the storyteller. Yes. Well, Jamie is the storyteller, not and the storyteller. Jamie is the storyteller. Well, that's what I meant. Well, she's technically a storyteller narrator, whatever. But, you know, she also had a tough childhood. Um, but yeah, unlike that was Peter... Very, that was very hard for me to follow, by the way, the thick Irish accent. It's like, wait, what? What's going on? <laughs> but I finally got it. You know, but what also kind of supports what I was saying earlier is that, you know, with choices is she like Rebecca had difficulty mm-hmm. um, and they made different choices. Yes. And they used what they could. I don't, I don't look, I don't say this is easy and I don't say you can always do this because let's be honest, the world will shove stuff in front of you that can sometimes make it absolutely unequivocally impossible to move forward. And I get that. Yeah. But we're talking about a fictional world and in this fictional world, these people managed to make different choices that didn't involve hurting other people. Well, what Danny, or sorry, what Jamie did was basically to, to close herself off from... They hurt themselves. They, yeah, she hurt herself. That's, that was my point, that she closed herself off from trying to have that deep connection with someone because it hurt too much. And, you know, not until Danny, but... We're not there yet. So. No, but it, I, I liked this character a great deal. And I, I did, I appreciated her story because here's somebody who she closes herself off, but she closes herself off and she says she loves flowers. She gets into flowers. And why? Why does she get into gardening? Because things can grow. She can nurture them. And she can nurture it. They can grow and they become beautiful. And even the moonflower, who she, which she says, like, if you're lucky, blooms once. Yeah. And you work so hard and so hard and it blooms once. Yeah. And then next year, you've got to do it again and again and again. And she says it's worth it because there are some things in life that are hard, but they're worth it. They're worth the pain. Yeah. And for her, she sits down and she says, what I'm saying, Poppins, is you're worth it. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh. And then, you know, we realize that she's 
you know, the storyteller slash narrator. And she's telling this story to keep Danny's memory alive because the ghosts get forgotten. Right. And, you know, yes, water will wash away their face. But as people forget who they are, and as uh, I think it's even Peter who says, you know, we need to leave because people will forget who we are and you don't want to become like those other ghosts. Right. You know, we, we can still be alive if people know who we are, but as people forget. And and and, and this is where my, my adage comes in or my old thought process. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. But the idea that, you know, all of these ghosts are sands on a beach. As we're alive, we're all sands on a beach. Grains of sand. Yes. <gasps> yes. All right. Fine. I'm punchy. <laughs> but we're all grains of sand on a beach. And as more people are born behind us, they add like more layers of sand behind us. Right. But we become closer and closer and closer to the water, just land erosion. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes this, the ocean might take you out and shove you back on the beach somewhere else with a different family or a different whatever. But eventually, all of us wash out and we all sink to the very, very bottom of the ocean to the deepest, darkest space where we are completely and utterly forgotten. That's just life. Even in history books, you know, we learn about George Washington. We learn, you know, about all of the presidents. But I don't know them as people. No. I don't even know if their portraits are accurate. I mean, I think they are. But you get my point. Yeah. You know, we learn history, but... We don't know these people. So the idiosyncrasies are gone. Everything about you is gone. Eventually you are, the individual you are is completely forgotten. And that is what they're afraid of. So I love that she's telling the story because she's keeping the memory of Danny alive. Yeah. That's it? Just yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, we have her in her hotel room looking at the, you know, pools of water in the sink and in the bathtub. You know, we started the episode with her waking up in the morning, uh, the day of the party. Yes. And I didn't understand why the hotel room door was open. It's like, uh, <laughs> did housekeeping come? We didn't know. Well, you know, I'm like, um, shouldn't you close that door? What if someone came in? No, that I, was the point. I think they were two different days because I think it was they the had party to, they and had then, to be. yeah, and then the wedding happened the next day because, and then it was that evening. Some people actually on online were like, no, it's the same day. No, I don't think so. I think it's two separate days. Mm. It's the day of the party. Oh, well, I always thought that it was two different days. Yeah. But so because I of that, why. I have a crazy theory, but I'm not going to discuss that theory until later. So moving on to, um, I'm going to say Jamie's wife. Even yeah. though legally they couldn't get married, they were civilly committed because I think they were in Vermont with the snow. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Danny. Danny. So, you know, she she is running away from her past. Yes. She is ca- carrying a lot of baggage, a lot of guilt. Um, and she kept seeing this ghost in the mirror that had... Creeped me out when I first saw it. You and I both jumped. We're like, what the hell is that? Yes. Um, and she jumps every time she sees it. Yeah. And then, you know, we find out, okay, it was her fiance, her childhood sweetheart that everybody said, okay, the two of them are just so close that they are eventually going to get married. Yeah. And then, you know, she, she loves him, but not in that way. She doesn't love him romantically enough to marry him. Yeah. And so then, you know, she she's trying to break it off. She tries, she tries, she tries, she tries. She just can't until the very end when it's just, 
you know, it, it's like, I think a few days before the wedding or a week before the wedding or something. Um, and then he steps out of the car and then gets killed. By, I think it was like a tractor a truck. trailer of some kind. A big truck. Whatever it is, it reflected in his glasses. The and lights. And that's why the, the glasses. Yes. Um, I, you know, I felt horrible because we, we've, you and I have both been there. We, we're both bisexual. We've been in a relationship with men. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very hard when you're with somebody and then you just, you love them, but you know you're not meant to be with them. Yeah. And I've never felt that way with you. Obviously, I married you. But um, I I felt so much for her because in the 80s, she wanted to be that person yeah, that everybody... Yeah, she tried. Yes. And she says, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, and I just can't do it. And then the guilt she feels of being free. Yeah. You know, it's the same guilt that Owen felt, just, you know, obviously A different slightly way. different. Yeah. Um, but you feel guilt when you're free and you don't have to tell anybody. You can keep your secret. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why she ran away to to London. Oh, well, you know, she was on the phone with her mother going, no, I did not run away. I got a job. Well, <laughs> but well yes. she was saying that she wanted to make a difference, right? And so that was being an au pair would be, would help her make a difference. Yes, because she was a, a teacher, life. I believe. She and she was. said, you know, it was just all these kids going screaming crazy. And, you know, from a family of teachers, we understand classrooms are very hard to teach so many children to give them the attention they need. And in Danny's case, she said, you know, I can't make a difference in all of their lives, but if you give me two, two I can make a difference in. Right. And so she actually took that to heart. And, you know, at, oh, in that episode, that last, that last episode, episode nine, when she actually saves Flora from the Lady of the Lake. She saved both of those children. She changed their lives. She changed their lives. And, you know, ironically enough, she changed everybody else's life after that because by taking in the lady of the lake into her and then dying in the lake before the lady of the lake took over her no one else was taken by the lake and she indirectly freed every single spirit that was there right so there was nothing holding people there and they could move on yeah there was there's no longer that gravity i don't think we talked about that in viola's thing but well, yes, yep. no, we did. We said her strong will pulled, you know, the, the ghost, spirits yeah. in. That's why nobody ever leaves Bly. We just, um, I, for me, the, the, um, the willingness for her to also come out of her shell and love Jamie fully yes. and yes. completely and not allowing um, her guilt or this darkness inside her to stop her from feeling love and yeah. figuratively. That's just beautiful. Yeah. And you mentioned something about her eye color, which surprised me. Well, I noticed it with Miles whenever... I didn't notice it um, right away, but when in one of the sequences when Peter actually took over Miles's body, he had two different colored eyes. His natural eye color was blue, and then one was a brownish red. And once Danny took uh, Viola in into her body, then one of her blue eyes became red. So I'm like, oh, oh, damn. So she takes in Viola and then her and Jamie go to America and they end up having a floral shop. And, you know, they they have I, th- I think it's when they she gets her clattering and the, she proposes because it's the first time she sees Viola in her reflection. 
so she knows time is of the essence basically yeah. and their time is running out and so she says you know we can get married and we can wear the rings i'll know nobody else has to know who cares and then they get civilly committed and you know actually when she came in with that piece of paper saying you know i'll marry she goes i'll literally i'll marry you again when i can i was like oh and then you yeah. see the water. Yeah. And it's I like, thought, no, 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 no. Yes, because I thought that Danny drowned herself. And I'm like, no, yeah. don't do it. Um, but yeah, it, the fact that you know, she, she did make a choice. Again, she made a choice to take it day by day to have a life with Danny. And I thought that was just the most beautiful thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a metaphor for life, right? We don't know how long we have. So we might as well make the best of what we have now. Yeah, which is a great segue into our final thoughts. You know, no matter what, I I would definitely say that this is an intense series. Oh, yeah. I kept the Kleenex box near me. You need a Kleenex now. Yes, well. I'm going to throw out a very crazy theory. Mm. And hear me out before you say something. I always hear you out. Really? You just, really? Yes. Okay, Jamie. Mm-hmm. We see him in the beginning of the season, series, season, whatever. And she's draining all the water because she had just woken up and she's going to do the event for the day. Mm-hmm. And then we see her again and she's at the dinner table and they're talking and they go through the evening and then she says, we're going to tell you the story, right? Mm-hmm. Goes through the whole story. During the season, series, I keep saying that, we learn that Rebecca and Peter cannot touch one another until Rebecca is dead. That is just the the lore we're told. They cannot be together until she is dead with him. Correct. Oh, I see where you're going with this. At the end of the series, the last few seconds or minute of the episode... We see her filling the sink, filling the tub, waiting, and then she opens the door and she's breathing. And when she's breathing, you actually watch and her, I think it's her right shoulder, because if you're sitting in the chair, it'd be your right shoulder, is going up and down as she breathes. And then all of a sudden, her mouth drops open and her shoulder stops moving. And then you pan to behind her and her hair looks a tinge lighter and there's a hand on her shoulder. Tinge darker, you mean? Yes, it's it's not as gray. Yeah. And, and maybe that could just be lighting. Um, but then you see a hand on her shoulder. I believe Danny die. Danny comes back to take Jamie because Jamie is dead and they are going to be in eternity at Bly Manor together. That is my theory and I'm sticking to it because it makes me happy to know that in the afterlife they are together. So that's your final thought. That's my theory of my final. Well, that's the, my, my crazy theory I wanted to throw out there in my final thought. Um, but what do you think of my theory? I actually thought that she was just sleeping because sometimes when you sleep and go into a deep sleep that you barely register that you're breathing, but you are. And because Danny, um, you know, released all of the souls in Bly Manor, she could go wherever she wanted to. So I had thought when we first saw that, that, okay, she's just watching over her. Yeah, wherever she she was. But she even says in her story that the au pair is destined for the rest of her life, for the rest of her existence, to wake, to walk, to sleep. And the water will fade away, her memories will fade away, but she'll wake, she'll walk, she'll sleep, just like the lady of the lake. I don't remember that. 
So for me, my head started putting all these pieces together. And you know me when I start thinking of it. And now I can't unsee it and I can't unthink it. And it's driving me crazy. So I'm just going to sit there and go, yes, they are happy together in Bly Manor in the afterlife, living their good lives. Mm. I actually like that theory. So outside of that, please let me know what you think of my theory. But outside of that, this, this series for me was even more terrifying than Hill House. And Hill House is really scary. Okay. You know, um, but this was more terrifying to me because it is about loss. It is about losing the one you love. It is about giving yourself over to things you cannot control and being open and being vulnerable and, and, and risking being alone and, and risking being forgotten and risking everything that, that, that you can protect yourself from the pain of. And throwing it out there and saying, love is worth it. Life is worth it. Living is worth it. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, eventually, no matter what we do, no matter how much we protect ourselves, no matter how much we fight, we are forgotten. And, and that, that actually is more, more significantly scary than anything else is to lose you to lose the the other half of my soul, to lose the love of my life, or to forget you if I ever, God forbid, get sick or, or, or uh, have something significant where my memory is gone and I don't know who you are. The idea of losing oneself so that you don't know who you are, you don't know where you're going, you don't know anything. I mean, they bring up dementia in this thing. They, yeah. they say that everybody is forgotten. The theme of forgetting is very prominent in this entire season. And it just, it scares the living daylights out of me. And I know that sounds so feeble, but it really, really does. Well, it is scary. But, you know, the, the, other, the other side of this coin, if you will, and this is my, my final thoughts, is that they can be the best times of your life too, right? Yeah. If you are willing to accept the risks, the reward might be even greater, right? So yes, there is loss, but there's also love. There's also the memories. There's also the wonderfulness of sharing a life together, right? Th this whole series actually brought uh, and I don't know if I if I ever told you this, but there was when I first came to New York, the first painting uh, thing that I ever bought a well, replica you didn't have of course. Any paintings in it was a it was a replica of uh, Salvador Dali. Oh, the poster. Yes. Okay. It's, I'm like you never had a replica painting. I would have noticed a sorry. painting. So it was the poster of Salvador Dali's oil painting, The Persistence of Memory. Right. I. I'd never really, I never really studied art, but that painting to me always caught my attention because, you know, there, you will always have the memory of something, but the passage of time will always blur the details around it. You'll always still have that memory, that feeling of what it was, but you'll just forget the details. And so this, this whole series to me is just like that. The, the memories are what are the most important thing, even though the details somewhat get blurred by the passage of time, right? The painting might not mean that 
at all, but that's just how I interpret it. Well, art is meant to be interpreted. And that's how I, I interpret the whole thing with with the storylines here. You know, the the experiences, especially shared with you, are priceless. And 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 even though the details of where we've gone or who we were with or whatever, even though even though those details fade, the feeling and, and the memories of how I felt with you will never fade. So, that being said, if you do forget how we were, that's why you're going to have to write our life story so that I can read it to you and then bring you back to me like the notebook. So, you're saying we're both going to die on our sleep holding each other? Yes. Okay, good. That's how Just we're making sure out. we're on the same page because, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, sorry we were getting a little heavy there, folks. But it's like we haven't been heavy the whole episode. Oh, I well, you you called it Friday feels or whatever. So. Friday? It's not Friday. It's Wednesday. Oh, oops. Friday feels is is an EMBC thing. Oh, okay. So Wednesday. It's weeps. just a very fee- Wednesday weeping. There you go. Wednesday weeping. <laughs> so or anyway, weeping Wednesdays, right? Anyway, um, okay. So rating. Yes, this episode. This is the first time we're going to do this. We've but... decided somebody actually recommended that we add some type of rating system yeah. in in a, a correspondence to us. So we are adding it at the end of this very long episode, right? Um, so I think that we we settled on you know one to five stars, where one is oh goodness, no, not again, and five is perfectly splendid. And the rating is. We happen to agree this time. It is a five. Yes, it's five. Simply because, you know, the, the writing is really excellent. The acting, in my humble opinion, is excellent. I think the interpersonal relationships are excellent. I think if you take out all the relationships, even, if you don't want to look at them or or understand, like, the the major love stories, you can actually still find something in this season that will really keep you... Uh, attentive and enjoy well for me the interpersonal relationships is actually why i gave it five stars because i thought that the the development of the characters within those relationships was really really outstanding so there you have it that is our first rating in this very very long review today yes so what do you guys think of the haunting of blind manor are there any points that we missed in our very long review (laughs) (laughs) or things that you wanted to hear more of uh, head over to our Twitter account at Forever Fan Pod and let us have a discussion there. So we are definitely, definitely going to be discussing the Haunting of Hill House sometime down the line because we're going to have to compare the two. Mm-hmm. And I also would really love to know what you thought of my theory. If you have theories of your own about Danny and Jamie, you know, why the hand was on the shoulder, anybody, any ghosts or anything, we would really love to hear that. And truthfully, thank you all so much for uh, tuning into this episode. We know it's been an abnormally long one Mm -hmm. for us. Yes. But we appreciate it. I know it's a long part of your day, not the small part of your day. (laughs) If you haven't already, though, please hit subscribe. And if you do have a moment, just leave us a review or send us a comment of what you'd love to hear more of, like my wife said, because we do listen, we do check our emails, and we have been changing the podcast as you've suggested things that we can incorporate. So we really appreciate you taking the time to reach out. Yes. So thank you again. In the meantime, stay safe, be kind, and remember, 
We all have made mistakes in our lives, but if we nurture our relationships, life blooms into a series of memories that lasts a lifetime. And as Jamie put it, one day at a time is what we've got. And as Danny put it, it's you, it's me, it's It's us. us.